Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Although AT1s or additional tier 1 bonds are specifically designed to absorb losses when banks collapse, few predicted the total wipeout of Credit Suisse's notes. And the recent volatility has left the market in limbo with few banks willing or able to sell new notes. So in the aftermath of this banking chaos, which Asian bank might be issuing AT1s? Well, joining us on the phone today to tell us more is Rina Kwok, who is this credit analyst of Asian financials at Bloomberg Intelligence. Hi, Rina. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hongbin. Thanks for having me today. Good to see you. Thanks for Virtually. joining me. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's just kick off with, you know, following Credit Suisse's AT1 wipeout. Are AT1 still a viable funding tool for major ASEAN banks? Yeah, thanks, Hongbin. I think this is a very good question because, you know, investors are focusing on this as well. Now, mm-hmm. we believe that most of the major ASEAN banks could still tap on the AT1 market as a possible funding source for the Tier 1 capital if required. And it's still cheaper to fill the AT1 requirements with AT1 capital instead mm-hmm. of common equity. Now, if we take a look into our peer group of uh, you know, the major ASEAN banks, the yield towards of most of the major ASEAN banks with dollar AT1's outstanding are still significantly lower than that of the cost of equity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other than Thai banks, which, you know, the Bank of Thailand that doesn't allow them to issue AT1's onshore, most of the major ASEAN banks have access to cheaper onshore funding and are not solely reliant on offshore funding to refinance their offshore AT1's. Okay. Unlike the global peers in the US and EU, uh, most of the ASEAN banks will have alternative funding sources if the global financial conditions tighten sharply. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So since AT1s then are still a viable funding tool for major ASEAN banks, what's the AT1 issuance outlook by banks in this region in the aftermath of that banking chaos? Yeah, so we actually feel that the AT1 issuances by the major ASEAN banks could be relatively low in 2023, mm-hmm. with possibly negative net supplies just given higher funding costs as well as the low refinancing limits for most of the lenders here in this region due to their healthy capital reserves. Mm-hmm. Now, to, just to share on the numbers, now major ASEAN banks had about $2 billion of, dollar, uh, of AT1 callable in 2023 mm-hmm. as of the latest data, and this suggests very manageable supply risk for the market. Now, most of these dollar AT1s are mainly from the well-capitalized major Malaysian and Singapore banks. And most of these lenders in this region could still issue AT1s if required since that the AT1s capital ratios are well within the optimum level of 1.5%. Mm. But that being said, we feel that such issuance could slow in the near term to medium term as the write-up of Credit Suisse AT1s questions the seniority of claims of the AT1s bondholders and dampens sentiments towards issuance and drives up the pricing pressure. Okay, okay. So amid the near-term weak market sentiments, would you say then a potentially thin AT1 market would kind of constrain major ASEAN banks' growth this year? 
You're adding, you know, most of the ASEAN banks that we cover, they could actually generate more than sufficient capital underpinned by the healthy earnings to meet what we call the risk-weighted asset consumption, limiting the concern that a team 81 market might possibly uh, limit the level of growth. Now, loan growth is also likely to moderate for most of the lenders in this region now, amid the macro headwinds. Now, mm-hmm. we believe the rising rates could still boost most of the lenders' uh, net interest income into the first half until interest rates are elevated with very modest funding cost pressure given ample liquidity in most of the system in ASEAN. Now, in LPA Group as well, most of the ASEAN banks involve an 81 outstanding continue to really post healthy ROE versus very modest RWA growth as of the first quarter 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And I just want to talk about, you know, Singapore here for a second. Are Singapore banks likely to issue AT1s this year or maybe not? Yeah, so, you know, we have written about this today. We talk about mm-hmm. AT1s from Singapore banks, but likely not from this capital-rich Singapore banks. And this is because, you know, the Singapore banks have ample capital that is aided by their robust earnings outlook. And this is also despite the fact that AT1s from the Singapore banks could appear to be a viable funding source and it remains cheaper than the cost of equity and likely to see pretty strong investor demand given the bank's robust underlying credit as well as the reassurance by the regulator on the seniority of claims during liquidation. Mm. Now, just to share, now, if we look into the Singapore banks, firstly, they have very low reliance on AT1s to maintain the capital adequacy. Uh, so should they choose not to refinance the existing AT1s outstanding? Now, based on the fourth quarter 2022 figures, each of the Singapore banks, meaning the DBS, OCBC, and UOB, would have more than $6 billion in SGD of excess tier 1 capital above their minimum regulatory levels without refinancing the AT1s. And this is to suggest that, you know, Singapore banks continue to be well-capitalized even if they do not refinance the AT1s. Okay, okay. Then what about South Korea? I mean, South Korean financial groups, they have been active AT1 issuers in the past few years. Do you think these lenders might come to the market this year to issue AT1s once again or not? So just to share, you know, the reason why the South Korean financial groups has been issuing AT1s over the recent years mm-hmm. is because most of these issuers are made not to really raise capital, but instead to really lower what we call the double leverage ratios while pursuing uh, M&A for these major financial groups. Now, we believe that for most of these major financial groups in South Korea, they could maintain the double leverage ratios well below 120% over the next few years, backed by steady upstream of dividends for the core subsidiaries as well as the group efforts to strengthen the capital buffers mm-hmm. uh, limiting the need for AT1s. Thus, we expect the AT1s issued by the South Korea Big Four financial groups could fall to about $2 billion in 2023 as you know, major M&A uh, has been unlikely given the macro uncertainty. Most of these financial groups have really have really diversified businesses over the years. Okay, okay. And also, I want to turn our focus to Indian banks as well. I mean, Indian banks' issuance of AT1s, that hit a record level last year amid tight liquidity. What do you think about their AT1 issuance uh, outlook this year amid those renewed fears of a global banking crisis? 
Yeah, it's interesting to look into the India's market uh, amid the tight liquidity. Now, firstly, we believe that Credit Suisse's 81 wipeout may not severely affect Indian banks' capital raising abilities onshore as the Indian's banking sector continues to look resilient versus the global peers and the US and EU, given the improved risk profile as well as earnings outlook for most of the major lenders. Now, we believe for Indian banks, especially the state banks, they could still be active 81 issuers and onshore markets to support the role robust credit demand that we see in the nation. Mm-hmm. Now, Indian banks can still access the capital markets for funding to augment their credit growth since certificates of deposit, what we call CD, as well as fixed deposits might not match their longer-term funding needs. However, on, a different, on the other hand, private banks are generally better than state banks at mm-hmm. capital planning. Moves to raise fresh, fresh equity may be opportunistic and incremental. Mm-mm, I see. Well, thank you so much for all of that breakdown on AT1, Zerina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. We've been speaking with Rina Kwok, who is a credit analyst of Asian financials at Bloomberg Intelligence. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.